as always, I am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. And this week, we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 21, Smiling Jack, and Season 4, Episode 22, The More I See You. Smiling Jack is one of my favorite episodes, just because um, there's just a lot going on. And mm -hmm. I like the... Okay... Let's tell you what it's about first. There you go. It starts with a jeep being attacked, and uh, they're calling the choppers in, and they kind of follow this one corporal, Howard Owens, throughout the whole program, but it's also about what happens with the chopper pilot. And he has a hundred or 839 pickups where he picked up wounded um, soldiers, and the person that he's in competition with picked up 842. So he just needs mm -hmm. four more to win the record and get mm -hmm. Chopper Pilot of the Year. So that's an important thing to remember and a lot going on in between. Yeah. And did you mention why uh, Lieutenant Jack Mitchell is eventually grounded? Nope, because I figured we would talk about that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, one thing just to mention that I'd heard today, and I'm, if you're hearing uh, keyboard clicking, that's me checking on this. Uh, MASH is no longer on Netflix. Oh. So you can't find it there anymore. Um, this week or next week, I'll try and find if it's on another streaming service like Amazon or Hulu. But for the moment, unfortunately, we can't tell you to go look at it on, on Netflix. All we can really tell you is to go buy it. <laughs> Which It's a great thing to own. It is. You know, and again, they have... Um, a lot I know of extra. I, I know that they had the MASH uh, Martini and Medicine collection out there. And I think it was only 100 or 150 bucks for all 11 seasons plus... You know, the specials, the bloopers, the reunion special, which was pretty neat to see. And something I like that yours has, I don't know mm -hmm. if that one has, but where you can turn on and off the audience in the background. The laugh track. The laugh track. You know, it's a complete that, different way of watching it. Oh my goodness, that is so weird. Oh, and if you're um, somebody who's in, who enjoys languages, you know, yeah. you, you get it on disc, you can put on the Spanish track, the French track. <laughs> and, you know... It's actually, as I understand it, uh, from my Spanish classes in college, it's a great way to try and learn a language. The, the thing is with me, that never worked because I knew what they were saying anyway. Because you have the whole thing <laughs> memorized. Yeah. And but so, you might get the inflections down of how to say the words. But, you know, it, it's exactly the same thing I do now. As I'd be watching it, they would be speaking in Spanish. And I would laugh five minutes before the joke because I still knew the joke. I know when there's a joke coming. But anyway, um, MASH is no longer on Netflix, unfortunately, as of this recording. So, um, you know, search on Hulu, search on Amazon. At the very least, you can get it on disc if you're enjoying it, which we think it's worth it. But uh, Smiling Jack. Yeah, so Smiling, uh, Lieutenant Smiling Jack Mitchell... Uh, chopper pilot for the 477th. I really like how this episode opens. Good looking guy, too. So fun to watch. <laughs> easy just on because the eyes. Easy on the eyes. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's neat in how it opens with this recon uh, Jeep patrol starting to get shelled. Uh, the, the three soldiers inside pile out, and one of them gets caught by mortar shell. 
He's taken to what looks to be probably uh, like a first aid station, like a battalion. And it kind of follows him from beginning to mm-hmm. end. What happened from beginning to end? Which yeah. I love. Yeah, I love those episodes. I think there's uh, another one like that called Point of View, I want to say. it's the person's point of view. I, yeah. Oh, I like that one, Yeah, too. where the, that entire episode is only from the patient's point of view, which is super neat. Right. And had to be pretty hard to do back then. Yeah, different um, perspective. Yeah, but this is still from, you know, the audience perspective. And we see, you know, Jack come in and uh, airlift the guy out. And what's more, we hear... The battalion aid guy uh, calling down to the four double seventh to request the chopper, which is neat because we actually hear radar. Uh, the chopper takes off. They get him there, and when he's in surgery, Smiling Jack comes in and asks and asks about him and takes his picture. And actually <laughs> knows what he had wrong yeah. with him. Severed so, artery, right? Yeah. Yep. Severed. I, I knew that. <laughs> You know, he he takes mm-hmm. his what he does very seriously and knows his stuff. Yeah, and I, and he's I, very competitive. I, I do love the moment in OR when he's taking uh, Owen's picture and he says, "Every single one who's lived, I have a picture of in my album." <laughs> it's like if I take their picture, they survive. They survive. In Hawkeye's line, and here I went to medical school. <laughs> um, but. It, in that scene, we also see, again, uh, how flirting was almost just part of the scenery there, because Hawkeye and Jack were both hitting on the nurse who was assisting, and Frank, of course, was disgusted. Oh, of course. Because Frank. <laughs> He's a married man. Yeah. Him and Margaret. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you get the jest. Mm-hmm. But speaking of though of Frank and Margaret, one of my parts that oh, just get to me mm-hmm. is Frank's trying to give Owens his purple heart. Uh, yeah. And Owens is sleeping and, and BJ says he needs his rest. And mm-hmm. Frank says, No, no, no. This is more important. The president gave an honor. Wake up, wake up. And he's mm-hmm. trying to wake up this parent patient mm-hmm. to give him his purple heart. Yeah. You don't realize what an honor this is. And the patient kind of looks up and says, This is my second one. It's like, oh, mm. you don't understand. Yeah. And Margaret comes along. Not all of us can be as lucky as is you. you. Yeah, lucky. Mm-hmm. The kid looked all of 18. Yeah. Maybe even 16. He, I mean, he, he just looked had this very, very young baby 18. face. Yeah. You know, him and Radar made this connection. I think mm-hmm. part of what the connection was was their age. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a yeah. very young, yeah. very young. And I don't know yeah. if that was purposely done, but this was his second Purple Heart. Yeah. And they're sending him back. Yeah. And, you know, Two things about that scene. One, I love how Frank actually ends up waking him up. It's unfortunate, but when he actually tries to pin the heart oh, on yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how. He, you know, it, it's some sort of clasp pin, and he goes to pin it on him, and all of a sudden He's... Owens wakes up and goes, Ow! He stabbed him! <laughs> well, you know, Frank this is, is a, a surgeon. Yeah, Frank is a bumbling surgeon, so it fits. It was funny because then BJ said, oh, we're just trying to get the surgeons out of here and then yeah, you can you'll, heal. Yeah, you'll survive just fine if we, we can get the surgeons away from Yeah, but then, um, oh, I forgot my other point. Oh, sorry, Margaret? Margaret, maybe. We don't see much of Margaret. No. Like, in we the do last see her. Op- yeah, we do see her. 
But like last two episodes, she wasn't in. This one, she was in very briefly. And Frank was, was in the, briefly. I think it was only in post up that we see her. Right, I think so also. So he was we, not part of the plot. No, and really, Frank wasn't so much either. We see him in OR acting as the anesthesiologist or the anesthetist. I don't know if there's a difference. Tell us on Facebook. Yeah, let you us know. You can find Is us on narclaninc.com. <laughs> Go to the Whiskey and Mash page. Navigate over to Facebook to the Whiskey and Mash page there. And let us know if there's a difference between an anesthetist <laughs> and anesthesiologist. But, yeah, we only see Frank, like, in those two parts, I think. And Margaret, yeah, only Silly in post. post-op. Yeah. <laughs> With the top knot. With the top knot, yeah. This is, you know, <laughs> um, very reserved kind of Margaret going on. Um... But yeah, after after that scene, then we cut to uh, Jack. It becomes mostly about Faulkner. Jack then. I yeah. mean, you still see um, Corporal Howard Owens. You yeah. still see him briefly, and you still see him throughout what his journey is. But I think the plot is more about um, Captain Jack. Yeah, Owens becomes the B plot. Right. Even though he was... The A plot. Yeah. You know, kind of, um, I played D&D, and... Owens was kind of the story hook. <laughs> He's okay. what got us into the story, and then they're like, well, we have this kid laying around. What should we do with him? Eh, have him talk to Radar. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, that was it. The, the bit about Owens that I really love is he really embodied this attitude of service because he talks to BJ at a certain point about... Is there a... Is there something wrong with me? Because I keep going back. Why don't I go AWOL? Why don't I leave? This is the second time I've been clobbered. Is there something wrong with me? I mean, I read something about self-destruction. And, you know, kind of like uh, Sydney tells Hawkeye at one point, if you're asking those questions, you're probably not. Um, and it, it's perfectly sane to be afraid. It's just that some of us are really good at taking orders. And he was explaining some of what he was afraid of to yeah. Radar. And oh, he, my goodness. You know, the nurses at night wear these shoes that sound like the Chinese shoes walking through. Through and the mud? Through and, the mud. Yeah. And, like, I got chills inside yeah. me. And I, I, I was like, I can't even imagine. Like, mm -hmm. even in my wildest dreams, what it would feel like to be in a hole waiting for someone to come and attack me. Yeah. You know, he said that. It's like, you hear that at night, and you just know. You know it's, that they're coming to slit your throat and kill you. And I I could never sleep in the evac hospital. And do you know when they attack? They blow trumpets and whistles, and it's just scary. Yeah, they play with your mind. Yeah, so which I makes think sense. Sometimes that's got to be worse mm -hmm. than... I know we have done that, our military, you know, played... Well, music loudly and things and well you know throughout history armies always did this they always tried to intimidate the other guy i mean roman legionnaires you know they had that very distinctive like the officers at least had that very distinctive hat with like a mohawk right okay yeah why oh it makes you look taller and scarier and, and scarier um, in battle, when the Greeks had their long spears, a couple of things. One, when you have all these spears standing up in the air, it actually acts as a pretty good arrow defense. But if you wobble them, if you have a whole army it wobbling, noise. it makes noise. 
Mm. Armies throughout recorded history have been doing stuff to intimidate the enemy. So, I mean, this is very real. In um, you know, we actually see it, and I know this is a movie, but in We Were Soldiers, you see the Viet Cong doing the same thing to the army regiment there. As they were blowing horns as they were coming in. It was an intimidation tactic. It was to get into your head. And so, to see Owens, um, you know, really... And opening up to Radar and telling yeah. him... And then Radar gave him this four-leaf clover. I mm. mean, to him, that was his safety net. So yeah. to give that, he's like, you know what? You're in the front. You need yeah. this a lot more than I do. I'm here yeah. to medevac thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I do love that. It's a little because I did get run over by, by a jeep <laughs> while, <laughs> I while I had it. <laughs> but he lived and he survived. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly, besides that, it's pretty good luck. <laughs> yeah. And so it, that was neat. That was neat to see radar be so caring and we know that that's who he is you know just like uh last week we talked about how personally he took it when that soldier died oh yeah that he thought he saved you know and this isn't obviously this isn't the first time we see radar in post-op helping with the patients helping with their morale he cares right which is and also that's why it was it sometimes it cares too much mm -hmm. i know there's an episode coming up where he idolizes Pierce. Oh, Pierce is like, goodness. don't do that to me. Yeah, that, you know, it, that's it, a harsh episode. It's a very harsh episode. and But that just tells you, mm -hmm. Radar takes things to heart. He lives them, breathes them. Mm. And that's why it's so hard when he finally leaves. Because yeah, I think so. it's not just a job to him. It's really a vocation about right. caring for these guys and doing everything that he can for them. But that comes out in this episode, that comes out in his interactions with Owens. And um, I oh. think that that's about the thought with Owens, is Radar cares for him, he gives him his four-leaf clover, and Owens ends up getting shipped out. And I'm just trying to get that through that through so that, that we can focus on... Because so we can on, talk on, on Captain Jack because yeah. of the fact that he said he can get erythromycin for Colonel Potter. Yeah. And Oh, streptomycin. Ste streptomycin. Sorry. Antibiotic. Antibiotic. Mm -hmm. And so they do do a trade, um, streptomycin for specimen cups. Well. Which you find yeah. out later, they cool. need those. Yeah. <laughs> um, aftershave. Bottles of aftershave. <laughs> they work. <laughs> they work. But um, as he's making this trade with Potter, he gives Potter a uh, Cuban cigar, and he lights it, and Potter grabs his hand, because on the back of his right hand, he has this circular red patch that's obviously some sort of wound. And uh, Potter says, I thought that uh, I, fixed this. I fixed that. You know, I treated that. A month that. ago. That was a wound from an Australian nurse that I listed as a combat injury. <laughs> and Jack says, oh boy, you weren't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the O Club with Hawkeye and BJ... He sets up this contraption with oh, well, a spoon, a knife, a syringe, know. and an orange. And he, we, you know, we kind of see it, but he flips the syringe off of the knife, and it sticks in the orange. And it, apparently, he can do it every time. Yeah. So BJ tries it. And he sticks the <laughs> syringe in the door as Powder walks in. Powder comes yeah. to the bar. So how many club sodas did he stick you for? Two so far. 
And what does Potter do at that point? Grounds him. Yep, and orders a complete physical. Okay. Well, that's kind of different, but, you know, Hawkeye and BJ take him and they start examining him and his uh, his blood pressure was something like 120 over 84. Perfect specimen. You know, normal. His temperature was normal. He says, am I going to live? And they say only, you know, another several decades or something. <laughs> and uh, then they ask for a urine sample and they hand him a champagne bottle because... He took all their, their <laughs> specimen cups <laughs> on the train. <laughs> we were told to improvise, so... And Jack refuses. So what do the doctors say? I'm thirsty. <laughs> I have to urinate a lot. This is what Captain it takes Jack me. Said. It takes me forever to heal. Diabetes. Where do you get the insulin? Oh, I can get anything. Yeah, I can get anything. How often do you take it? Oh, once a day. Sometimes twice. Sometimes three times. And... You know, there's a problem with being diabetic and being a pilot, I would assume, especially in the 1950s. Right, you can go comatose, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. you can be blacked out, a yeah. lot of things. You can't be anything if you're... Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a lot more manageable now because you have instant read, digital... Um, but yeah. they still take your CDLs away, and they still mm. take... so. Even though it's manageable, mm-hmm. there's still certain things you can't do if you're a diabetic. Yeah, because you get low blood sugar, you get really high blood sugar, and you can pass out. Right. You know, it, you can go into a diabetic coma. And what would happen if Jack was up in the air with a Loaded, full load, full, right. and he passes out? Well, now there are four killed in action. So it's very understandable that they've got to get him out. And they try and ground him, but what happens? He just takes off. Leaves. Because he He has to get that four more. Yeah, he is going to beat Dangerous Dan's record and be pilot of the year. So he goes to the first aid station. And now remember, these uh, choppers have two stretcher boards on either side. And basically one extra seat inside of the bubble. Up by the pilot. There's a very low weight capacity. Yeah. But he loads it up with two guys in with him and one on each of the stretchers. In the background, we're kind of getting a narrative from Colonel Potter, which I think is a cool point because it kind of showed exactly what he did, but he was doing it as a, this is what would happen if he does it. And he does it. So he does it. So he has one on each side and Mm -hmm. two inside. And he Mm -hmm. said they have to be small if he even gets off the ground. Which he can't. 175 horsepower isn't enough. For four bodies. But Five he, bodies with him. Yeah. If he gets off the ground and makes it back, I want to give him a medal. Then I want him <laughs> locked <I'm> up. Locked. <laughs> and he does it. He barely gets off the ground. He just lifts like maybe 10 inches off the helipad and then shoots off toward MASH. And he makes, he makes it, it somehow. So he's finally got his 843, which is one more. Than Dangerous than Dan. Than Dangerous Dan. And when he lands, um, then, you know, BJ goes over to him, all right, just to make sure, and he holds out his hand, and Jack goes, all right, he gives him his wings, and BJ holds out his hand again. Oh, yeah, and he gives him his bar, and BJ holds out his hand again, 
And Jack reaches into his lapel pocket and pulls out his syringe and hands it over. And, um, you know, there, there it is. But he got his, he got his, guys, he's pilot of the year. Yeah. He has the record. And, and then we see the end of the episode where, um, there's a bus. I don't think so. Yeah. Bus full of wounded. They're doing triage. Owens is getting loaded on. Jack is getting loaded on. And yeah, Radar here is a chopper incoming. He said, at least I got pilot of the year. I don't think so, sir. Radar. Yep. It was Dangerous Dan with two Two more. more. So he tied Jack and And one upped him again. And uh, And that's where it ends. And basically, yeah. You know, and um, the only other thing in this episode. Well, and we missed one part, too, where Colonel Potter is writing a letter apologizing for Pierce's behavior, showing up <laughs> in an athletic supporter <laughs> for roll call. That. I forgot about that. I just thought we should mention oh, that he yeah. did have to write some apology letters for his yeah. keeping in mind. He said that these are doctors and hard to yeah. hard to keep them in line. Yeah, no, that's very true. <laughs> and Pierce is no exception. Did I say that right, huh? You were about to, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Radar knows what he's going to say before he says it. Yeah. So you said one more thing? So. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I am I guess the one other thing is kind of just an interesting factoid, which there are a few of them out on the the uh, MASH wiki. So is there anything else before I nope, get to... No, that's... Go ahead. Okay. So in, the, in that final post-commercial scene, uh, which we don't see on TV, but we do see in the full cut of the episode they mention that the uh i just want to look this up so that i know exactly what i'm saying the gloucester i'm not going to say right gloucester regiment as of the end of the day the gloucester regiment will have lost 500 of 600 soldiers uh apparently this is accurate not exactly accurate like date wise but um this, this was actually something that happened during the Korean War. At the Battle of the Imjin River, the British 29th Brigade was attacked by three Chinese divisions. So, that's they're heavily outnumbered. One of its units, the 1st uh, Battalion Gloucester Regiment, was surrounded and outnumbered 10 to 1, but were told to hold on for as long as possible. After three days, they were almost completely wiped out, having lost a total of 620 men killed wounded or missing, but their delaying action blunted the Chinese attack, allowing other UN forces to regroup and finally halt the Chinese offensive. Hill 235, where the Gloucesters made their stand, is today cloud Gloucester Hill in honor of the action. So that was an historically accurate thing, which should surprise you (laughs) with all the inaccuracies that there are, but you know, we start to see some of these but you, when little you, facts coming through. And you have to think of it. I guess I don't look at the numbers. I see faces. Yeah. When I see these numbers, I don't think, okay, there's... I see faces. Mm-hmm. And that's Which what we have good. to remember, that these are not just numbers coming in. They're real people. They're yeah. breathing, oh, living, yeah. mm-hmm. actual people. Yeah. And don't ever forget it. No. And I really love that they bring that sort of realism into these too. episodes. And this isn't, I don't think it's the first time and I don't think it's the last time. It often happens in OR where you have 
you know this face that goes with the well yeah you 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 get you get this where they're operating on these young boys who were in battle and then it's it's counterposed against these numbers and you kind of get this sense of that was the action this is the effect you know and it it has a little more power i think in that uh some other things that happened during the episode uh we get another uh another part of colonel potter's background where he talks about in world war one duncan duncan mcshane a world war one pilot who would be flying planes and keep in mind world war one planes were first used as recon they weren't battle but then it became that way and the first way they became combat aircraft was the pilots would take up grenades fly over the lines pull out the pin and throw the grenade yep. and colonel potter actually talks about that duncan mcshane pulled the pin on one threw it out and the <laughs> wind threw it back in his lap he was able to throw it out but you couldn't tell him anything either <laughs> and then at the end of the episode he relates another one where McShane flew through like the barn where they were keeping the uh he flew upside down through the barn where they were keeping the planes he flew did it twice and on the second pass his commanding officer uh looked up at him and said i thought i told you to put it in the hangar to which McShane said i did twice but nobody will keep it in there <laughs> something like that and uh, finally, someone else from the, pardon me, from the MASH wiki, uh, timeline fix. The reference to the Battle of the Imjin River fixes the date as April 1951. That's a bit strange, though. Why would they tally up the scores for Chopper Pilot of the Year in April? Surely it would be done at year end in December. This is something I thought. Because Korea is in the same hemisphere as North America, which means that so their winter should be. The yeah, their winter should be roughly December. Well, if you're talking pilot of the year, you're at the end of the year. It was clearly... Not December. You know, it had to be late spring, very early fall, or summer. Mm -hmm. Not winter. Um, then again, it is clearly not winter in the episode. Likewise, Mitchell remarks that the front line is at the Yalu River and MacArthur's headquarters. Yet, the Yalu campaign was winter in November, December 1950. Likewise, MacArthur, MacArthur was relieved from command April 1951. So we have some conflicting uh, points in time here. But, you know, it, it, it is nice that they're actually using... They're using real data. Yeah. So. Maybe not accurate timelines, <laughs> but real data. Yeah, real data at least. Uh, the stars of this episode, of course, the normal cast. In addition, we had Robert Hogan. As Lieutenant Smile and Jack Mitchell, Dennis Court as Corporal Howard Owens, and Alba Francesca as Lieutenant Kathy King. Uncredited, but that would have been the nurse that that was they were that, hitting on. That they were hitting <laughs> on. Um, production code was G five hundred eight, and the original air date was February third, nineteen seventy six. One final thing here: when Hawkeye is doing triage, it's rather interesting. He yells for two corpsmen, and he says, Roy, Dennis, this guy, stat. Uh, and only the backs of the corpsmen are seen, but they are probably Roy Goldman and Dennis Troy, who we keep seeing okay. as extras in the episodes. So that's just kind of a neat little 
uh, bow on the episode. Okay, shall we move on to the, the more I see you. season four, episode twenty-two? The more I see you. Um, I think this is one of my favorite episodes, just because it shows a side of Hawkeye that we rarely see. The basic synopsis of the story is that an old flame of Hawkeye's comes to camp as a nurse, and they kind of rekindle their relationship for a while, and we see how that affects Hawkeye when she decides to leave, because she can't work with Hawkeye because she's having this um, internal conflict since she's now married to someone else and that that just comes through and I really have to just add that I think mm. it's more than an old flame just because they yeah. live together oh no yeah she that's true more and the reason that she left him was he wasn't willing already already to to commit to, commit to her he was committed to his work, committed to his residency at the time. He was going to be the best surgeon he could, and he remains that. And he just can't commit, which we'll come back to a couple of times during the episode, but he can't commit to anyone else other than himself and his work. Not that he's being selfish, but that's but his that's focus. that's his personality. That's who he is. And so he can't hold on to Carly. And it breaks his heart. And it, it really speaks to me. I don't think I've seen this episode since I've been married. So it's a different perspective mm -hmm. from those right. two I think, sides. Right, you do. Because then you realize what true love is. And mm -hmm. you know that it's stronger. Mm -hmm. you, you can't imagine it. And BJ talks about that in the episode. He right. actually talks I love, to Hawkeye. I love what he says. Yeah. And as kind of a B-plot, uh, we see Colonel Potter doing some <laughs> painting. One of which is the very iconic... Uh, Klinger kind of acting like a Greek discus thrower uh, except that instead of like the ancient Greek Olympics where they competed naked he's he has an army olive drab towel around his waist but you see that hanging up in Colonel Potter's office in Radar's duffel bag and, painting yeah. his, his... where he's holding the medical bag and, yeah yeah all right so that's the basic synopsis let's talk more about this um I love how the episode starts. It's in the swamp. Total boredom. Yep. Hawkeye is knitting, which, by the way, we see that the thread on the needles that isn't yet knit is spiraled. Which means it had already been knit. But I've done that many a times where <laughs> I've pulled out things and redone them because I found a mistake. Yes. Well, that's but, not unusual. No, but it was the whole thing. Like the whole yeah. length that you could see. It wasn't like he went, oops, and undid a couple of... No, no. but I've had to do whole rows. <laughs> I'm, guessing it, I'm guessing it was more of, okay, well, we got to redo the scene, guys. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I am just letting you know that as a knitter, not a knitter, a crocheter, yeah. I have um, pulled out three to four rows yeah. at a time. Okay, fair enough. Um, so there's that. Uh, BJ's, two new nurses came to visit. BJ's throwing darts, and yeah, yeah, two new nurses arrive. And it's very interesting because, you know, they're both like, ooh. And of course, Hawkeye's a little more attentive because... He heard the voice, and I think it was... And, yeah, almost immediately he hears her voice and goes, no, 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 not here. There's five mashes, two evacs, God knows how many first aid stations, and she has to come here. 
You could see it. You could feel it. That's that's how Hawkeye is, though. That's yeah. how his acting, yeah. Ronaldo. He, I could feel it. Yeah, and then I love when they go past the swamp, and I I even told Laura, you gotta look, you gotta watch, you gotta watch, gotta watch, because all of a sudden as they go past, Alan Alda does a really good job of hiding, and BJ BJ makes a point of that, and he says, "You hid. Who hid? I didn't, I didn't hid. Hide. I haven't hid in years." You did too, Hid. <laughs> he did hide. <laughs> hid. Hide. Yeah. And it was from Carly, who we end up learning, yeah. They lived together. They had a flat together. It was his first love, mm-hmm. and he has mentioned to her a couple times throughout this episode, she was, there has been no one since, not mm-hmm. like her. There have been faint imitations at best, but no, no one, one like you. It wasn't that love connection mm-hmm. which I think that's one reason I love this episode is it's kind of speaking to who Hawkeye is I mean he's this womanizer but the, this gives him depth because then we see oh it he was in love mm-hmm. like he's it's not an excuse but he's kind of trying to fill this void he's trying to find something to fill this hole in his life that was left by Carly, Lieutenant Carly Walton, Walton was her married name, um, and he hasn't found that, you know. And I think subconsciously that's what he's chasing, is someone who will feel like that for him. But in the meantime, he's just kind of doing whatever he can to distract himself. And he clearly himself. has a type, because when you look at the women that he does chase he clearly has a type and it's yeah. a lot you know i was thinking that as i was watching him and her together very true. that that is his type yeah because when you see him that's the type that he goes after that's this very true very blonde usually blonde um shoulder length hair um every time leaner. he falls in love or goes a little this is the type that he yeah. goes for um yeah the, that one with the music the, and the, the the nurse who um you know the where the patient the chinese patient went berserk cut her um she had the wedding ring on cut down on wrestling matches same thing roughly yeah. the same build blonde hair right yeah i you know i um, thought of a couple that mm-hmm. came right to my mind and, and it's this type and on the opposite side of that Nurse Kelly, we have in an episode, which I love that one too, because she too, right? stars in that one. She is the main character. And she puts them right on the line. Yeah, she says, you look at all these other skinny nurses, but you never give me a second look. And he, she just goes off on him. And she's right. It's one of my favorite episodes, but that's his type. Yeah. And I, I love how she does teach him a lesson and he acknowledges that in that one. But you're right. I never thought of that she carly is his type which makes a lot of sense right because she was the mold she was the mold <laughs> and, and, and you can't fill the mold twice no he's trying to fill that mold and he right. can't and i have um, here in my notes what is true love what is true love how mm, how do you define that you can't no because to everyone it's it's different and to yeah. everyone it's like to bj it was his wife and mm-hmm. that was that's clear throughout this whole thing. To yeah. Trapper, it was <laughs> whoever, <laughs> whoever was he there. was with at the moment. Yeah. That's true love. You know, uh, to Henry, he truly loved the his wife. But, it's, uh, you know, 
everyone, true love is different. What mm -hmm. what you need in your life. And, and I, I think for Hawkeye, true love is his work. Is his work. Oh. I think it comes down to that because, like Carly says said to him, yeah, I'll never be number one with you. Your, your work will always be number one. And with Doug, so she's married to a lieutenant in the Navy who's in it for the war, but he's actually an advertising man. No, she says with him, I'm number one. And that's what I need. I need to be, to be number one. To be first in someone's life. And I know I'll never and be that with does. you. Any woman needs to be number one. Well, you know, we all need that right. from our significant other. And Carly was never gonna get that from Hawkeye. And Hawkeye Hawkeye would have gotten it from Carly, but it has to be a two way street. Right. You know? And you know, Hawkeye kind and of And she did admit she loves him. Yeah. That's why she can't be there. Yeah. And we see that in an episode where Hawkeye has this very army looking shack. So I don't know if it was a structure that MASH put up but then didn't need anymore or what, but it had army accoutrement on the walls. It was uh, corrugated aluminum siding where he takes her oh, okay. for beer and he starts macking on her. He starts kissing her and she's like, oh, you're no good for me, Hawkeye. And she decided she needs to leave. You know, because for weeks, apparently, they were kind of going on like they had been. We know this because um, Hawkeye is filing some paperwork and BJ is getting <laughs> um, phone call. a phone call through from an operator in Seoul who's hooking up with a ham operator in Alaska who's going to get a call through to Seattle who's going to hook him up with the C the San Francisco operator who's going to call Peg. <laughs> um, but while he's waiting, he's talking to Hawkeye and um, just saying, you know, basically, what are you doing? She's married. What are you doing? And Hawkeye... Hawkeye admits, okay, yeah, I know. You know, I haven't been home a lot. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but it's Carly, so... So it's okay, because I love her. Yeah. And she loves me. Yeah, and... But it's not. Because she, then... Her heart wasn't in it. Yeah, Radar comes in, and she was clearly having a crisis of conscience, because Radar comes in with the transfer orders, because, you know, Radar and Hawkeye... We know that they're like big brother, fact, little tells, brother. Yeah, he tells Carly straight <laughs> out, "I'm sorry, Radar's my informant." Yeah, <laughs> he'll tell me anything. Yeah, because she clearly didn't want him to quite know yet. And I think this brings us to one of my favorite scenes in this episode. Um, I've used it at least once in some of the writing I do, oh, and it is when he yeah. confronts Carly, and then he's trying to hold on to her. He's doing everything he can, and he's like. You know, why Why couldn't we now? Why, you know, it, we're in a different place in our lives. I mean, I could, I'm, maybe I'm ready. I mean, let's backwards. just, in her tent, he ends up in the corner of the tent behind the writing desk. And she goes, look at you. You just loved yourself right into a corner. You proposed into a corner. corner. Well, however I did it, at least I did it. She's like, you didn't propose to me. You proposed to yourself. Well, I, I love that. 
too, because yeah. that is what he was doing. Yeah. If he you was listen, saying it to himself. Yeah. He was proposing to himself. Right. Well, I wanted to try it out on myself first to see if it would work. <laughs> and she said, no, Hawkeye, I can't do this. Right. I can't be number two. And Doug lets me be number one with him. And so we can't work together. We can't just be co-workers. It can't happen that way. And it, it's... It's a very strong love message. And yeah. you do get that there's different types of love. Yeah. and You can be in love and be married and still have affairs. You can be in love and be married and not have affairs. Like BJ. It yeah. would kill him. It would ruin his marriage. Which we saw that it did kill him once. Well, right. But only the once. You know... And There's different that, types of people that can live with different things. Mm -hmm. and it just, she couldn't live with it. She couldn't, she couldn't live with it. it. And I think Hawkeye is a person that couldn't live with that either. Once no. he would make that commitment, it would be that commitment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he says during the episode, I got over the hate. I hated you passionately for a long time. And I finally got over it. But I never got over you. you. And so, yeah, he's capable of True. at least psychologically committing to a person. I don't think he's capable of physically committing to a person after Carly because his work is there. Because his work will always come first. But, I, you know, it's a great line. I got over the hate, but I never got, got over you. So we get that message again and again in this episode that... Hawkeye is always just trying to find someone to make up for Carly, which is really interesting to me, because I think only one other time in the, no, well, kind of only one other time in the whole run do we see Hawkeye really get falling in love that committed, because even with that nurse where he was saying, you know, I'm getting married to her and all this, and she was just in it for the fun, it wasn't a long thing, it was kind of just a few-day fling. The only other episode I really um, can remember is the one I really don't like, where he falls deeply in love with this Korean woman um, who used to be kind of an aristocrat, a noble in Korean society. And, uh, is she, that coming up or happened yet? That's is coming that, up. It's one of my least favorite episodes. I can't think of what it is. Yeah, it's pretty unmistakable. <laughs> but she breaks it off with him there too and I think that's really the only other time we see Hawkeye really able to fall in love, fall in, love in that way with a person because otherwise it does feel way too much like a fling in my opinion um, but it explains why yeah it really does it really does you need this episode to get who he is and that's one thing I love about getting into this series as far as we are is we're getting that depth to the characters. Mm -hmm. You know, this is We not... begin to become part of who they are. Yeah, this isn't just surface anymore. This is true depth. And um, at the end of the episode, that's reinforced when Hawkeye is again talking to BJ in the swamp. And he's, you know, confiding in BJ that he's going to miss her. He understands. And it had to happen, but he's still... But he's still going to miss her. You know. And, uh... I mean, I get that. I really do, because I... I mean, I love my wife. I love Laura, and I don't know. 
just trying to put myself in Hawkeye's place, I don't know what that would feel like, but it, I know it would feel horrible. And like it would just be wrenching something out of me, and that would just be... Because you become a part of each other. They yeah. live together. Yeah. Their lives were put together. Yeah. You know, exactly. it wasn't like they were just dating or, no. you know, they, they they did they did have a commitment of living yeah. together. Yeah, and we hear that because you know, they painted the apartment. Right. <laughs> so these experiences of doing things together, you mm-hmm. know, you're constantly redoing stuff on your house and things. That becomes a part of who you are. So yeah. those memories of putting mm-hmm. these things together will always be a part of you. Yeah, exactly right. Negative or positive, they will yeah. always be a part of you. Yeah. But yeah, um, again, just one of my favorite episodes because of the depth it gives Hawkeye's character. Anything else about... Uh, no, I, I like okay. it. Yeah. Um, some fun facts off of the MASH wiki. Uh, again, we see two paintings from Potter. The one very iconic, one of uh, Klinger being the discus thrower. And I love the line he has while he's uh, in this pose <laughs> where he says... My wife would love a copy, and Potter says, next time I'll put a carbon paper under the canvas. I like also when he says, okay, relax. And then and the, he went into a very he goes structured into the, pose. Into the thinker. He basically yeah. goes from a discus from a thrower, discus to, thrower th- to the thinker. Yeah. You know, but a very structured pose. like. Which, why did he go into this sort of thinker rest? Why? It was because um, Mulcahy comes in. They just gotten a new shipment of Bibles, and he says, I think there's some typographical errors in here. Oh, like what? thou shalt commit adultery. <laughs> I'm really hoping that this is a typographical error, because these boys know how to take <laughs> orders. <laughs> Potter's just like, send the Bibles back, Father. It's okay. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, neither Burns nor Houlihan appear in this episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize that at first, but I think that's because it's so full. It's not quick, but it's full of Hawkeye and Carly that you really don't have time, per se, to notice that, at least when you're drinking whiskey. Um, (laughs) And then... Well, actually, that's about it. Uh, The only other thing in the interesting facts is um, just how Carly... when, When Hawkeye and BJ go to welcome the new nurses there's carly and becky uh they say that well they they give them a bunch of stuff they give them some cigars they give them some bar soap for those of us who are going to be working with you here's some shampoo because we couldn't find any real poo (laughs) that i liked and 500 sheets of the famous 407th stationery (laughs) roll of toilet (laughs) paper and um then they also mention uh Supper's at 7, and nausea's at 8. At eight. eight. <laughs> and so Carly stops at the swamp later for a drink, and uh, she mentions He's right. that, yeah, you were right about that, and Hawkeye makes the quip, yeah, I'll never understand how the cook got off at Nuremberg. <laughs> so. And uh, just a, just an off-the-cuff remark, yeah. that Blythe, Blythe Danner, who plays Carly, uh-huh. is Gwyneth Paltrow's mother. Okay. So, just an interesting fact. Yeah. See, I would really say the two real stars in this episode are Alan Alan Alda and Blythe Danner. Right. You know, we also have William Christopher as Father Mulcahy, because we're still in season four, so he's not regular cast. And then Mary Jo 
Uh, Catlett as Becky. She really only appears in the opening episode. Or but in she the liked opening. any guy. Because yeah, Blythe I, did say, which one do you like? Because when Hawkeye and BJ came, she says, I don't care. Yeah. I like them both. Yeah. <laughs> she leans over against her. I and love them. And we do see her again. Do we? Yeah. I, I okay. know we do. Okay. So I do, I I do believe, believe we see her again. Okay. Uh, production code on this was G524, and it originally aired February 10th, 1976. So there you go. Um... I think that's all we have today for these episodes. So Great yeah. episodes. Come and join us. Yeah. Join in the conversation. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Tell us the difference between an anesthetist and an anesthesiologist. Very good, especially after two glasses. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, go and visit narclaninc.com, N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. Go to the podcast page. Go over to the mash and, uh, Whiskey and Mash page. I can say this in order. <laughs> and then you can email us directly. There's a link there on the page. Or you can hook up with us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Whiskey and Mash. Let us know what you think. Still uh, an open invitation out there for anyone that had anything to do with MASH. Yeah. Production. Uh, star. Um, Hawkeye. <laughs> uh. Oh my god. Seriously. If Alan Alda were to do anything for us i would die <laughs> you know call in um we can do skype we'll yeah, do it we'll, we'll i do will, it. I will we'll do, do anything, anything to accommodate a guest star <laughs> um but yeah you know if you're enjoying this episode the best way that you can help support this podcast is by sharing it with somebody who you think will enjoy mash or who you think would just be open to listening to us ramble for you know <laughs> almost an hour about a couple episodes of mash um you can point them over to the website we have all the mp3s of all of our episodes there on the website you can download those to an mp3 player or stream them directly off the website or you can find us on your favorite itunes or podcast player just search for whiskey and mash and there will be uh but with that in the meantime i'm chris and i'm gloria we'll see you next time on uh, whiskey and mash yeah oh, i was gonna break our glasses on that one <laughs> please <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> stronger today. Well, to be fair, I couldn't really measure that last one up very well. It's tough. I know it's hard. I'm going to sleep, but... <laughs> Thank you.